Have you ever gotten up in the morning and kind of walked around bleary-eyed, unable to see or think clearly until you drink your first cup of coffee? Well, join us today as Pastor Rander challenges us with some spiritual caffeine as he continues the message. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. Peter took a risk when he stepped out of that boat, leaving the other 11 watching him step out. I wonder if you were there. Would you have stepped out? Beloved, without faith in Christ, you will struggle to take risk. Some of you cannot move. Listen to me closely. Some of you cannot move forward until you figure out the safest way to do things. You can't move. You got to figure it out. In other words, you create your own checklist. And if everything falls into place according to your plans and all the potential risks are resolved, then you yield and do what the Lord has placed in your heart to do. You go by your checklist. If it don't add up, you're not taking that risk. Be mindful. You can actually fail being too safe. Don't you get that? You need to write that down. Don't let it get by you. You, 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 you can actually fail being too safe. In this passage, Jesus comes walking on the water toward the disciples in the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. And when the disciples saw him, they were startled. They were frightened. They were terrified because they felt they were seeing a ghost. But Jesus calmed their fears by saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. I'm God. I'm the God of the wind, the waves, the ocean. I created it all. Peter responds by saying, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. And he says, come, come. But Peter took his eyes off Jesus, began to sink, and cried out to Jesus. When Peter and Jesus got back into the boat, the wind ceased. And the disciples were astonished and in worship said, truly, you are the son of God. Now be mindful, Peter had little faith, but the other disciples who did not get out of the boat had no faith. Beloved, it is possible for you to fail and not reach your God-given potential because you're just too safe. I'm not saying that you have to take foolish risks. No, I didn't say be a fool in your risk. But I am saying we should take spirit-led risk. Say spirit-led risk. And trust God to work things out on our behalf, even when it doesn't make sense. This is called confident faith in Christ. Spirit-led risk. God will often lead you into some strange ways. He'll request some some things that just doesn't make sense. But follow him. You'll understand it after a while. Number four, do not expect God to do great things through you while possessing a spirit of hate. Do not not expect God. You want to be victoriously? You got to get a whole lot of stuff cleaned up in your heart. 
Do not expect God to do great things through you while possessing a spirit of hate. First John 4.20 says, if anyone says, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. You say, I love God, God. Because how can you say you love me? You've never seen me. But then your brother is right there and you won't even speak to him. You're mad at him. Got rocks in your jaws from 1942. 1 John 3.15 also says, anyone who hates one another, one another, brother or sister, is really a murderer at heart. Those who hate like that is really a murderer. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. You have, a, you have murder and hate in your heart. You don't have the life of God living in your soul. That way, this is strong language written by the beloved apostle John in his old age. And some of y'all just as mad at folk who hurt you now as you were 20 years ago. Beloved God, listen to this, listen to this. God is the personification of love. And if you want to know what love look like, look at God. In these verses, God strongly warns believers not to hate because it gives evidence that they are not even saved. Why does, why does God speak so strongly against hate? Hate. Why does God talk so strongly about hate? Let me give you a few. First of all, hate is rebellion against God. You are rebelling against God when you hate. Secondly, Hate breaks your relationship with God. Breaks your relationship with God. It leads to separation from Christ. Hate leads to separation from Christ, separation from your family, separation from the church, and separation from your friends. You leave your family because you hate that man who left you with the children or made all those promises and you can't find him, got you pregnant, and won't even pay child support, and you hate him. Well, you wouldn't be in that predicament had you listened to the Lord. It got quiet then, didn't it? (laughs) Hate breaks your relationship with God. It leads to separation from Christ, your family, church, and friends. You know what hate does? Believers do not emulate Christ when they hate. You don't look like Christ when you hate. You look nothing like Christ when you hate. You don't emulate Christ. Can people see Christ in you? Hate hinders your spiritual progress and even bring on spiritual regression. Hate sends you backwards. Backwards. Sends you in regression. You backslide because you hate. You hate. Hate steals your joy. That's why some folk can't speak, can't smile, can't pray, can't sing, can't shout because they got too much hate in their hearts. They miserable and they make everybody around them miserable. Hate steals your joy. You know what hate does? It steals your freedom. It puts a man or woman, a child into an emotional and spiritual prison. You're held captive emotionally. You're held captive in prison and you can't get out. You know what hate does? Hate brings on physical illness. Hate makes you sick. It brings on ulcers. Hate brings on headaches and fatigue. Hate brings on loss of sleep. Hate brings on depression. Hate hinders 
the healing process. Some of you have been sick so long and the doctors don't know what's wrong. But the problem is you don't you don't need the doctor. In some cases, you need to go to Jesus and ask him to unhate you. That's the problem. That's why you can't hear, get here. When you're sick, you don't need to be hating. You're worsening your condition. And some of you have been hating so long until it, it defines who you are. It makes you mean. It makes you messy. It makes you grouchy. You, you don't look. You're always frowning. Everything's wrong. You find fault with everybody, but the issue is you. I tell you what hate does. Hate hinders God from doing his greatest work through you. Do you realize what God wants to do with you? He wants to do his greatest work through you this year, and you all that hate that's stuck, stocked up in your heart. Yeah, listen, I know you've been hurt. I know some of you struggle with your parents. Some of you struggle with your siblings. Maybe because they were a favorite child. Maybe they got more than you. I don't know, whatever the reason. Some of you hate your in-laws. Look how quiet it gets. I ain't getting it. All y'all in love. Son in love. Daughter in love. But you're cutting each other up. Won't speak, won't talk. Come visit two minutes. Hate hinders God from doing his greatest work through you. It hinders the healing process and you live in perpetual mental. Hate drives you crazy. Thank you, God, for giving me that one. That's a a footnote. It messes with your mind. Tylenol can't fix hate. Tylenol can't fix hate. Hey, marijuana can't fix Some of y'all, oh, I got to take this back. It's legal because I got this. And I got that. And it, it calms. Look how quiet it gets. Look how quiet. That's not written in. It calms me down. What is it called? Cannabis? What is it? They give it, they give it all, this, all these sweet. It's drugs. Drugs, drugs, drugs. It's drugs. Society's already crazy. And they've authorized you. And you drugging it up. And wonder why you're, you're crazy. Crazy. I don't want cannabis. I want Jesus. (laughs) Jesus calms you down. He settles you down. Jesus makes sense. (laughs) Jesus gives you clarity. Jesus gives you insight. Jesus straightens you up. Jesus convicts you. Jesus makes you talk to yourself. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like I'm going to Dr. Jesus. I'm going to Dr. Jesus. You ask God to help you get rid of that hate. Hate, 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 hate. Get it out of your vocabulary. Let go. Stop killing yourself. Stop giving yourself self-imposed mental illness. Let me go on to the next point. <laughs> when you are comfortable in your hate and have no remorse about it, when you are comfortable in your hate and have no remorse about it, it gives evidence that you don't belong to Jesus. 
when you are comfortable in your hate and have no remorse about it, it gives evidence that you do not belong to Christ. Beloved, love is not an option. It is a command. Jesus came to save our very soul because he loved us. We are all to love all people. Say all people. people. We're to love all people. That means other races. It means the Jewish people. It means the the Palestinian people. It means government leaders. You're to hate people who are you're not you're to love people rather. You're to love people who are not aligned with a political party that is not like yours. You're to love people who do not believe what you believe theologically. You're to love people who have hurt you deeply. You're to love family members who you are in conflict with and even love your enemies. Do not expect God to do anything with you in this year while possessing a spirit of hate. 1 John 3.15 says anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer in heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. The next, number five, to live in victory, you must be willing to start over. God has brought many of you, many of you into this year to just start over. Life is full of transitions and crises. Beloved, life happens to all of us sooner or later. And when it does, sometimes we have no other recourse but to what? Start over. For example, we start over after a bad life decision. We have to start over because of a divorce. We have to start over in retirement. We have to start over because of loss of employment. We have to start over because of a failed business. We have to start over because of bankruptcy. We have to start over because of losing everything in the fire. We have to start over because of a flood, a tornado. And many have to start over because of of a death of a loved one and so much more. Life has within it a time where we just have to start over. But look, why do so many resist change and starting over? Oh, some of y'all don't want to start over. You don't like change. You don't like it. So why do you resist change? Why do you not want to start over? Well, I got a number of these for you. Many resist change because they become too comfortable with what is familiar. Too comfortable. You just like your little bubble, your little cocoon that you've been in all these years, and you don't want anybody to disturb it. Too familiar, too comfortable. Why do we resist change, and why do we not like starting over? Many resist starting over even when it is wise to do so. You don't want to do it. Even when it is wise to do so because they just don't like change. Some people refuse to change when it affects them in a personal way and disturb their comfort zone. Some people refuse to change when it affects them in a personal way and disturb their comfort zone. Many resist change because they're just set in their ways. Like a tree planted by the rivers of water and I'm not going to be moved. You're set in your ways. Uh, Some people resist change because they have a mindset that they have always done it this way before. This way before. Well, who's going to outhouses today? 
You know, you, you don't, we, we all have flushing toilets. You, you say, well, you know what? I don't like change. Let me go to, let me, it's 40 degrees outside. Let me find my way out of the house back in the bag. You don't want central air conditioning, so you just raise the one up and put a little stick in there, you know? You remember those days? You want to, you, you, but, but, don't tell me you don't like change. Somebody said, I know that's right. <laughs> Some people struggle with starting over because it requires them to do more. It's going to require more of you. So you don't want to change. I don't want to do that because it's going to cost me something. I'm going to have to make some adjustments. Some people resist change because they are bound by tradition and do things out of habit, which affects how they think, their attitude, and the ability to stretch themselves into new spiritual dimensions. Be mindful, the Lord may also use change to test your spirituality. Now, you better write, some of you don't want to write that down, but if you don't want to write it down, it's because you're not growing. Sometimes the Lord uh, wants you to change and see if you will change just to test your spiritual maturity. Allow me to give you words of comfort from the scriptures regarding starting over. Joel Joel chapter 2 verse 25a says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. You've lost much. God knows how to give much. As a matter of fact, you cannot beat God's giving. Romans 8.28 also says, And we know that all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. We cannot know that God is our ultimate provider until we incur some losses in life and then watch God miraculously restore us in ways we cannot comprehend. Beloved, starting over in life may not be in your plans. Starting over in life, I said again, may not be in your plans. However, if it is God's plan for you, you are better off if you start over with God and allow him to establish your spiritual trajectory in life. God wants to give some of you a new spiritual trajectory. He wants you to soar. He wants you to live in victory. So, so he's going to fix some stuff for you, but you've got to obey him so that you can live life at another level. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. And you're not on my plan. You're on your plan. Declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Beloved, starting over is not a bad thing. As a matter of fact, for some of you, God is waiting on you to start over while you are struggling at all costs to keep from doing it. Be mindful. You cannot experience the victorious Christian life if you're on the wrong path in life. When you start over, God gives you a fresh start to place you on the right path that he has ordained for you, which results in victorious living. However, It is impossible to live in victory until you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, who is able to help you live 
the victorious Christian life in troubling times. Acts 16, 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And this year is a new year to start over with God. Some of you have wandered from God. It's time to start over. Some of you just been dibbling and dabbling. Some of you, look, some of you have one foot in the world, one foot in the church, and think you're going to heaven anyhow. It doesn't work like that. You got to start over. Got to start over. Some of you have been on porn, on drugs. Some of you have been selfish. You've been addicted to your own pride. And God has said, it's time for you to start over. Some of you have been... Uh, a member of this church for years, but you're not in one ministry of the church and you've been satisfied looking at everybody else serve while you just come get spiritually fat and go home serving no one. It's time for you to start over. Some of you have been too mean. Some of you have been angry. You're angry at yourself. You're angry at your past. You're angry at your husband. You're angry at, you're angry at your children. You're angry at your circumstances. And God said, enough. Enough. I want to give you a new spiritual trajectory. But I can't do what I want to do with you until you yield yourself totally to me. Here's my hands, my eyes, my feet, my voice, my life. I'm tired of doing it my way. The truth be told, I bet I make you sick. Because I've been doing it my way. And God wants to do a new thing with you. But you have to surrender your life and say, you know what? I'm tired of myself. Some of you go from church to church. You're not satisfied. You're not getting fed. You're all over the place. All over the place. Some of you just messy. Some of you text too much. Your whole year is defined by texting. You you, you leave your phone home and you almost have a heart attack. (laughs) It's time for you to start over. When are you going to start over? Uh, last year is gone. This is a new year. You will wait till 2025. You may, you may not be here by May or even tonight. Why don't you make up your mind to live in victory? Why don't you surrender your life to Christ so you can live to the maximum of your potential, to the glory of God, so that you can soar like an eagle and be all that God is calling you to be? Lord, enough of me. Let me decrease, you increase, to thine be the honor, the glory forever. And all God's children said, God bless you. Father, thank you for this message. This is a great number of people here this first Sunday. And we bless you. And Father, I know without a doubt, 
Every person under the sound of my voice is not here by accident. You have ordered their presence in this house to hear this message at this appointed time. And they must ask themselves, why? Because God expects more of you this year than you gave last year. We're not getting younger, we're getting older, and we need to redeem the time. The greatest enemy to getting right with the Lord is procrastination. I say it again, the greatest enemy to getting right with Jesus, to coming to Christ, is procrastination. And Satan's going to mess with your mind. No, come next Sunday. Come in June. Come in July. You don't have this right. You got to get that right. Somebody's not here that need to be here that need to see you come. Nobody need to see you come. When you hear God's word, you just, like Peter, come. Just come. Don't worry about what, don't worry about what folks say, what they're going to think. You get right for yourself and have that peace and that joy and that inward contentment that only Jesus can bring. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas.